Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in, Boston sports fans everywhere. Official first episode of Boston's Big Four right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Stephen Ace Norman. Basically, what we have here for you on tap is a new show that's going to keep you up to date on everything you need to know regarding your favorite Boston sports teams, covering the hottest, most pertinent storylines and topics each week. Of course, we're talking Patriots, Red Sox, Celtics, and Bruins. Basically, whatever warrants our attention uh, and time each week. Uh, The release of these episodes, at least to start, will be once a week, every Tuesday. Additional episodes may pop up. We may do that going forward. I should say me. I may do that going forward. And uh, if I decide to do so, I'll keep you updated on what days those will be released on. If you like what you hear and uh, what's going to be coming your way here over the next 20, 25, 30 minutes or so, feel free to follow us on Facebook or any of the social media, any of those giants, you know, Facebook, Instagram. We have an email for the show and all that info will be on our webpage on the Believe Podcast uh, website. Give you a little background information on myself, you know, the little boring details to start a show. I personally grew up here in Massachusetts. Uh, I've always been a sports fan all my life. Been a lifelong fan of all the local teams. Diehard fan, if you say that. I watch games and have watched games in ways that my friends will roll their eyes and say, you really have to stay home to watch that game? Why are you taking notes? Why are you looking at statistics? Why can't you just enjoy it, come out, have a drink? Well, I'm that a-hole that... You know, fans don't want to watch games with, or or at least my friends don't. I should say, I don't know about other fans, but they don't really like watching games with me because I'm too busy trying to break down X's and O's and why something happened on a particular play or complaining about something, and they just want to talk about what's going on around them. Uh, But I've been lucky enough to grow up in an era here, uh, which has been the most winning time in the city's history, and really any city's history. Really, I do consider... Boston, the true city of champions. And uh, I'd like to think I would have been a fan regardless of the time I grew up with. Uh, and local sports talk radio has always been a passion of mine, or at least has been for a, a strong 20 years here, uh, a large portion of my adult life, uh, which is bringing me to, to what I do now. I am a sports talk host here in Massachusetts. I've been doing it for the past three years uh, on a station. Uh, up here in the uh, the northern area of Massachusetts, uh, what I can promise that you'll get from me here on each and every episode is an unbiased and, and really brutally honest take. Uh, one thing you, you need to know is, although I'm a fan, I'm not a homer. I'm never going to to paint it a particular team's uh, portrait, you know, in, in their their best light, just because I'm a fan. That that's not really how I look at sports. I, I don't think that as an analyst, as someone who does this for a living, it is a is a good way to 
to portray teams to fans and people who want an honest breakdown and opinion on a specific team, topic, whatever it may be. Um, so a little saying that I came up with a long time ago, but, uh, is really true about me is I always call it how I see it. And, uh, it, it's become a little bit of a slogan for me, but in, in all actuality, it is how I am. And, uh, my friends can attest to that. Uh, I, I'm not always going to be positive. Okay. I'm not always going to be negative either. So I don't want you to think that, uh, but I will always be realistic with you and, and give you an honest opinion on what I feel. I'm not just one of these hot take artists uh, who's going to throw something out there to get clicks, to get attention, to be edgy. If I feel it, you'll hear it. If I don't say it, it's because that's not my opinion. That's not my feel on something. And what you're always going to get from me is a genuine take on how I view something. I feel like here as we transition into actual sports, and now that I've blabbed enough about myself and enough about the, uh, the podcast here, I think it's a perfect week for the first episode of the show. Uh, after last night uh, in the Monday night clash in Orchard Park there, right there in Buffalo, a place that I would have no desire to go to first and foremost, but the Patriots last night Maintaining that number one overall seed, five weeks to go, four games to go, and a 14 to 10 win at Buffalo. Win versus those Bills, those Buffalo Bills. And that's really where we're going to focus a large portion of today's show on. The Patriots now improving to nine and five. They've won seven straight. And last night being one of the most memorable and impressive victories for this team in a long time. Uh, a season-defining uh, season win, if you would. Uh, so on today's show, we're going to recap last night uh, and what it told us, what it told me about the Patriots, what it told me about the Buffalo Bills for this season, going forward, what it means for the Patriots really over the next five to ten seasons. Uh, I'll also give you uh, my perspective on who the best team in the conference is and why. Now, spoiler alert. I'll give you a little spoiler here. If you're a Patriots fan, and I've told you already that I'm not always positive, but I'm not always negative, this is going to be one of those times where you're pleased with my answer <laughs> and you're pleased with my opinion uh, because I, I think that uh, it's something that is, is truthful, but I also think it's something that, uh, as a Patriots fan, you'll like to hear. Uh, and I'll also put this Patriots season, just 13 weeks old, I'll put that in the context for you with a big macro picture at what Bill Belichick has already proven to me, to Patriots fans, to the national media, to the NFL, and what he's proven and what it means for the longevity of this team. But first we have to start with Monday night and the 14-10 to 10 victory by the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park, playing in that stadium that uh, used to be New Era. Not sure what it is anymore, but uh, the Patriots have absolutely owned the Buffalo Bills there. And coming off the heels of last year's 7-9 and nine team, I think there are a lot of questions about the Patriots and their ability to bounce back. Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback on the road. The Bills, Josh Allen, 
Does he finally have Bill Belichick's number? Bill 0-2 versus the Buffalo Bills since the Tom Brady departure. And and last night, you had all those storylines playing for you. And you add in the elements, the weather, which we knew via the forecast was going to play a role. Now, we didn't know. I don't think anyone would have known until at least game day that it was going to be the type of elements that we saw last night with wind gusts going to 55 miles an hour and goalposts blowing all over the place. And oh yeah, the Patriots throwing three passes, 46 runs. That's a 94% clip that they ran at, the highest rate in a game in this millennium. And a game that you can also walk away from as a Patriots fan and say, you asserted yourselves as king of the AFC East once again. And the Bills' run of AFC East titles, although hasn't come to an end officially, mathematically, well, it it basically did last night. Because when you emasculate a team the way that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, and I want to give the players their credit here, because there's one thing to have a game plan, it's another thing to execute said game plan, and it's another thing to take the coaching, apply the coaching, and go out there and execute in a very tough, physically uh, emotional type of game. And that's what the Patriots did yesterday. Look, I I felt good about this team going in to this game. I said on air that I chose the team that had a clear identity, a team that had a clear formula that was built for these type of games, that didn't need their quarterback to carry them in these type of games, and that had the advantage in so many categories that I felt were going to be crucial in this game. And that's what you saw take place last night. What you saw was the better running team, the better rush defense team, the better special teams team, the team that was better at tackling, the team that was more willing and wanting to play physical football, the team that was better in situational situations, that stepped up with timely stops and made plays when they absolutely needed to have them. And that's what the Patriots were last night. The Patriots weren't perfect, and we know that the questions about Mac Jones, his ability to throw into the wind, throw in the elements, they're still going to linger out there. I don't think that they play as large of a role as some people do, but listen, once again, everyone is uh, owned their opinion or has the right to their opinion. I I don't think that Mac Jones isn't able to throw the football. I think it's, once again, does coaching, does Bill, does Josh trust him? And do they need him to? We can say whatever we want about that game plan last night. Like I said, I I felt like watching a game with 46 runs and three passes, if you had blindfolded me and told me that that was going to be the New England Patriots, How do you feel about it? I would have told you, go pound sand. I don't want to watch that game. I don't want to watch another game plan where it looks like Cam Newton is back there and he's slinging paint cans around and he's not able to throw the ball. Now, listen, the elements, the weather all played a role. And I would have liked the Patriots to throw in some more passes. I I was saying it during the game. I was livid at different points in that game saying, listen, I understand that you're able to run the ball and your averages per carries are in the fours, the mid fours, like that's great. That's going to win you a lot of games. And your 
absolutely the more physical dominating team. But you know what? There is an element of surprise. Do you want to try it? Yeah, just get a little tricky. You know, a crazy forward pass. Hell, even a lateral pass that gets your playmakers out in space. Now, the Patriots didn't do it. They win. So, you know, they controlled the game. I give them credit for it. I'm not one of those people that say, well, just because you won doesn't mean you can't second guess the game plan. I think that's BS. I'll second guess it all I want. But I don't second guess it to the point where I say the Patriots should have been out there slinging the ball or I expected them to throw the ball 30 times like Josh Allen. It's another reason why I picked the Patriots in this game. If one team needed their quarterback to be special to win, it was Buffalo. It was the Buffalo Bills. And you saw that Josh Allen dropping back 30 times to throw in what was often a one score game actually was always a one score game. And they just weren't able to establish the run because they weren't the more physical team up front because they're not good at doing it because they weren't built for it. And in a game like this playoff atmosphere, playoff type of football, I want the team that's more fitted for that style. And that's not Buffalo. That's not Buffalo at all. They were outplayed and they were outcoached by a coach that I used to think had an idea. Now I'm not so much sure. And it was abundantly clear. You didn't need to be a clairvoyant to know that the New England Patriots were going to run the ball. I mean, it was pretty much set in stone. After the first quarter passed, the Patriots have the wind in their direction, and they chose to hand off, hand off, hand off, hand off, and hand off some more. And listen, once again, going back to it, you really can't argue with the philosophy. The Buffalo Bills are stacking the box with eight men, and the Patriots on those boxes of eight men ran the ball 26 times for 141 yards. Per ESPN, that was the most yards in between tackles since 2013. Those are next-gen stats. I am not a stat guy. That's, that's something I should put out there for you. I am never going to solely rely on stats to make my case. I think analytics are ruin, ruining sports, but that is a different topic, different day. The Patriots also rolled out offensive linemen, six of them, I should say, 61 times in that game. What you saw was an egoless quarterback with a Bill Belichick defense that deserves credit upon credit upon credit. They won that game old school football in a new era game, playing a new era team in a high scoring spread speed offense. And I think really what you saw on Monday night was Bill Belichick tying one hand behind his back and and returning the embarrassing favor that Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills threw at the Patriots last year at Gillette also on a Monday night. Because the way Bill went upon that game, I'm not saying it was solely for ego purposes, but he wanted to prove that he could win a game throwing the football three times, running it down the throat of Buffalo, lining up, and shoving it down your throat when everyone in the world knew you were going to run it, and they just couldn't stop it. That's called imposing your will on an opponent, establishing the line of scrimmage, executing, never deviating, 
and adjusting your game plan once you saw the conditions to fit the style of play that was needed and you were able to do it. Bill Belichick embarrassed Sean McDermott last night. Some don't agree with that. I do. And the Patriots won their biggest road test of the season, proving exactly what this run has been. Warranting your respect. And this offensive line last night, these running backs last night, those are the true MVPs. That defense with their red zone, bend, don't break, that that did it last night. When you can line up and run it when everyone knows it, our big guys versus your big guys, bully ball, and win a game 14 to 10, I mean, in the fashion that they won it, that is just completely impressive. I do want to spend just a few moments here on the coaching decisions that were made last night and which of the two coaches had a better night. I'll set the stage by saying I don't think either coach had a absolute banner night. Some are going to say, well, Bill Belichick just held Josh Allen to 10 points, barely gave up a touchdown. In fact, their one red zone touchdown, they were one for four in the game, Buffalo was. Their one red, red zone touchdown was set up by Nikhil Harry, who has now officially set up uh, the opponent for as many touchdowns as he's actually given his own team in his Patriots tenure. All kidding aside, Nikhil Harry, with the exception of that punt last night, uh, was pretty good. Some key blocks, uh, especially on that run for Damian Harris. But back to the actual coaching decisions last night. Listen, there's a rivalry between Bill and Sean McDermott. And it's one of the advantages that for as long as Sean McDermott is in control of Buffalo and that team, Bill Belichick and this New England Patriots team owns real estate in his head, his rather large head. I don't know if anyone else will get this reference, but watching him in the postgame last night where he was so quick to say, let's not give Bill Belichick uh, more credit than we need to. Did anyone else realize that he kind of looks a little bit like Pinky in the Brain? It was a cartoon in the 90s. Well, if he does, good. If you don't get the reference, look it up real quick. I think that uh, you may see a comparison. But one of the advantages last night for the Patriots, before they even stepped out on the field, was Sean McDermott and the fact that he is obsessed with Bill Belichick, obsessed with showing people that his team, that he and his staff and his players that he's built belong. And I think that because of that, he gets a little hot under the collar. He gets emotional. He's always in the referee's ears. And because of that, you miss some of the action. Week in and week out, I see these head coaches with either their heads in a play sheet, missing out on individual plays, or constantly in officials' ears, as a head coach, it's it, you're supposed to manage the entire game, not necessarily call plays, not just be a complainer on the sideline trying to sway referees' calls into your directions. And last night, Sean McDermott and his staff with Leslie Frazier and Brian Dayball, uh, the offensive coordinator, Les- Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, Um, I don't think they had a good night at all. Josh Allen dropping back to throw the ball 30 times uh, when the weather is is far from perfect, far from suitable for uh, 30 passes in a game. And then some of the sequences that Josh, uh, excuse me, Sean McDermott went through 
with a horrible challenge, burning a timeout uh, in the third quarter on a fourth and one sneak where there was no way in hell you could overturn that call. There was no way you could tell the spot definitively. And yet he threw the challenge flag out there. It was a call that wasn't confirmed, but it stood because no one could see where the ball was. And then you look at some of the other sequences uh, and decisions. Sean McDermott deciding to kick the field goal with his offense moving. They move into the red zone. Uh, They end up pushing it to a fourth and goal at the New England 15. At that point, you you almost have to try to, you know, attempt the field goal. But I'll tell you, I wouldn't have. You had first and goal at the New England six after the Dante Hightower horse collar tackle. They then ran uh, Zach Moss up the middle, no gain. What were you thinking there? You were getting no traction inside, inside the tackles, inside the red zone. You weren't going to move. Poor play call. Then Josh Allen is sacked and loses nine yards on second down. A third down, Allen incomplete to uh, uh, Dawson Knox. And there could have been a neutral zone infraction there. I admit the Patriots probably jumped. Could have been a free play. But then McDermott deciding to kick into the wind. And obviously they miss it. And the game stays at 14 to 10. Now to Bill's night. This is going to add to the genius, the allure, the magic of Bill Belichick. And believe me, many people now, after this seven-game win span, is back on the Bill, we believe. And and Bill, there's faith. And Bill, I trust. That's the phrase I couldn't find. And this will be one of those games that's talked about in, uh, in Bill's canting game, you know, speech, I remember throwing the ball only three times and winning in Buffalo with the wind gusting. But truth be told, there were a lot of second guesses last night. I mean, last night would have been perceived very differently had the Patriots lost or had to throw to come back late in that game. Not throwing the ball all night, even with the wind uh, in your direction. If the Patriots had had to throw the football, I don't know how you could have looked at Mac Jones and said, okay, this is a good situation for him to start throwing now. Cold, windy night in Buffalo, hadn't thrown the ball, but three times all game, and the two times that he threw it in the fourth quarter was also a very questionable decision with clock management. That's a Bill thing. Uh, they, They took no shots in the play action game. Uh, I thought that they at least had an opportunity there. Uh, You know, I give Bill credit for, you know, running it until the Bills stopped them, and they really didn't. It was a safe, not-to-lose type of game plan. Um, But it wasn't the prettiest, and I don't think that Bill was without flaw. He conceded a drive before halftime. I didn't love that. The offense with a minute and 56 seconds left, two timeouts before half. Kyle Van Noy deflected a third down. They force a punt. They start the drive at the 25. Harris gets a beautiful run on first down. And then they just kind of waste away the rest of the opportunities. Once again, not throwing with the wind in their direction. And then I think there was also another bad sequence uh, on a drive that started in the third quarter, went into the fourth. Patriots moved it inside the red zone uh, to the 11, the Buffalo 11. Three straight runs. It went Stevenson, a loss for three. Stevenson, a loss for five. Bolden, third and 18, three yards. The Patriots settled for a field goal there. So walking away with points, I like it. But you couldn't have taken one shot to Hunter Henry in the red zone. 
with the wind in your direction? You couldn't at least tried it? I, I know they're safe, but for someone who's trusted Mac at different points in the season, not completely, but at times, I would have liked him at this point in juncture in his process of, of growing and, and, and becoming the, the player that I ultimately think he can be. I would have liked to see him throw it out there. And then very quickly to highlight what I thought was the stupidest call for Bill of the night, which was putting Nikhil Harry out to return a punt. When you have an all pro and Gunnar Oshevsky, and I get it, he was the up man. They were two uh, returners back there, but Buffalo was kicking with the wind. So Gunnar should have been the deep guy. Nikhil, if you wanted him up to block, he should have been the up man, not the back guy. Asking a guy to return a punt, which he's never done in his NFL career, only did 14 times in college on the worst possible night to send him back there to deal with the elements. That's a bad decision that was on Bill. And if the Patriots lost that game, that would be one of the ones, one of the decisions that would be haunting Bill very much today. But they play the games for a reason. And at the end of the day, the Patriots had a season-defining win. And at the end of the day, Buffalo is still the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo fans, I almost feel for them, although no, I don't. Uh, But if you put it from their side of things, they have only the Bills in Buffalo. What else is there? So tying a a bow on Monday night and looking ahead to uh, Week 16 and, and what it means for that matchup the day after Christmas. The Patriots here may be playing in, in in weather elements that are much more suited for the Buffalo Bills, where they can throw the ball, they can whip it around the field, and that will favor them. Track meets and high-scoring games definitely favor the Bills. But watching last night, the one thing I walk away from that game saying as far as it relates to the Week 16 matchup is is regardless of if Buffalo can throw or not, Buffalo needs to be able to stop the run. And the fact that the Patriots showed none of their pass plays against this Buffalo secondary, put absolutely nothing on tape for Buffalo to take from, and now have that play-action game, which Mac Jones absolutely feasts off of, where in the previous game, he was 11-11, 11-11, throwing out of the play-action. So, That really suits his style of play. So I think now going forward, Buffalo has big problems with New England. This year, big problems with New England going forward. And it's not just the fact that Bill is 36-7 and versus the Bills and 19-3 and at Orchard Park. It's the fact that the Buffalo Bills, as a group, are walking away from that game demoralized. And the Patriots very much so could have damaged that team's psyche. Buffalo now is 1-4 against winning teams. Winning teams with winning records, I should say. And the Patriots just asserted their will. And I don't know how the pressure from the outside and giving Josh Allen uh, $200 million and seeing this team spiral backwards after being the pick out of the AFC by many, and especially the pick out of the AFC East to win it to win the division, you're now looking at as we were supposed to be kings for a long time. We had a franchise quarterback. We had a complete team. We finally had a coach. Bill, on the other side of things, was aging. He had no quarterback. He had poor drafts. All the shine of being a New England Patriot and going into Gillette at night was gone. We were 2-0 and and owned them on Monday Night Football. And we were 2-0 and since Tom Brady left. 
And you didn't have any of that. And now less than 15 minutes later, the Patriots are back and the Bills are still the little brother saying, big brother, you were supposed to be on a trip. You were going cross the world, cross seas. You were taking a, a voyage. What do you mean you're back after just 15 minutes of returning? And he said, yeah, you know what? Get back to the little bedroom. That's the Buffalo Bills today. That is the Buffalo Bills. That is the state of the Buffalo Bills. And to add insult to injury, Bill Belichick is making jokes today on his weekly radio hit. He was asked how much Monday's matchup might be able to uh, to help them and their scouting purposes for the next game. And Bill made a joke. He goes, we can use our whole passing game. All the pass plays that we have, they haven't seen them. Very funny, Bill. Insert laugh track. I'm going to wrap up episode one with my explanation to why I also am one of those believers in the Patriots being the best team in the AFC. Listen, I I told you off the top of the program that I don't like being a bandwagon Homer fan. And I also like being a leader rather than a follower and have my own stance on things. But when the proof of the pudding is in the eating and I've ate it, I also have to buy into it. And that's where I'm at with this Patriots team right now. I had initially wanted to do a a segment explaining what exactly Bill has proven to this point in the season. But where episode one here has ran a little bit longer than I expected, uh, I plan on doing episodes that are typically 20 to 30 minutes, just enough time for you to, you know, get from point A to point B on a drive or finish your workout, finish your coffee, relaxing listening to television instead, listening to me in the morning. Thank you very much if you're actually doing that. I don't want to go too long here. But with the Patriots, there are no Goliath in the AFC this year. They're just non-existent. And the Patriots aren't invincible. I don't claim that they are. But they are a team that is going to need to be reckoned with. They're playing as well as any football team in the NFL. They're one of the healthiest teams in the NFL. They have an identity and a formula That not just fits them, but fits NFL playoff football and travels. I put more weight on recent production than I do the beginning of the season. And this team right now has rounded into form and is playing their best football. 7-0 is not a fluke. 2-0 in their first real two games of a test is not a fluke. There's no team more complete in the AFC. There's just not. They play all three phases, they're trustworthy, they're coaching travels, and they're able to exploit weaknesses with pieces that fit a scheme. And that's where we're going to end it for today. There you have it, episode one in the books. Thank you for loaning me your ears and your attention. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, I'm aware that we spent the entirety of the program on the Patriots, but how could I not after last night? So there's still going to be plenty more in the coming weeks about the Patriots, but we also have the Red Sox, their early offseason moves here prior to the deadline, the Celtics, rocky start 22 games into the season. They have the Lakers tonight. Potentially, we'll talk about that matchup and others in the coming episode. The Boston Bruins, also in some trouble. You never run out of material around here, I'll tell you that. Well, if you liked what you heard, and I really hope you did, and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe, download, and 
follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. That's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, just to name a few. Like I said, new episodes coming every Tuesday. You can also follow the program on social media, Instagram at BB4Podcast, our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash BB4Podcast, or email the show. Email me, really. BostonBig4 at gmail.com. Thank you again. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.